Gratitude That's my everyday Have you ever looked up at the stars and just wondered what it all means? Asking yourself, how did we get here and where are we going? When I look out into the world, I see so many people getting lost in their stories, rarely thinking about or asking the bigger, unanswerable questions of the universe. Like what's the purpose of life? How did we come to be? And what happens when we die? This is pretty much all I think about. So I decided to start asking others what they thought as well. So grab a cup of coffee, open your mind, and enjoy the conversation. I mean, everything is spiritual training. Everything is sacred. There is nothing that's mundane. Like everything can become your your spiritual training. And when you look at life like that, like life is just spirit. It's just creation. You know, there's nothing ordinary about life. It's just all an expression of spirits. It's all an expression of creation and it's all your training. Mm. You know, there's certain things obviously that, you know, bring you to that heightened awareness like tango or Tai Chi or snowboarding. And there's other things that seem more mundane, like, you know, washing your dishes or cleaning your toilet. But if you're spending a lot of time practicing a lot of things that, that have that spiritual aspect, you can make those mundane things be just as spiritual as anything else. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Quantum Coffee. You guys are in for a very special treat. As always, one of my all-time favorite guests slash friends slash mentors slash brothers slash men that I love more than anything in the world. Dr. Mike is back for the fourth time in this Quantum Coffee saga that is still so young. Um, I love my conversations with him. I hope you guys do too, because I, you know, I even told him after the conversation that I wish every single episode was just me and him talking because everything we say and just flow with is really beautiful. And I learn so much every time I talk to him. He's one of the wisest souls I know. And I'm stoked to have him on again. Um, this episode, we really dive deep into uh, a lot of stuff. We talk a little bit about my football career. We talk about uh, Mike's uh, experience getting into tango dancing. Didn't start till he was 40 years old, the challenges and the growth that that provided him um, and just the journey of life, you know, overcoming the ego and what that means uh, through our own experience. And we just dive into a lot of spiritual concepts and the deeper unanswerable questions of the universe. And I know you guys are going to enjoy it. So without further ado, here's Dr. Mike. Mikey, what's up, brother? What's up, Joe? How you doing? Doing good. I'm doing good. It's uh, New Year's Eve morning. <laughs> it sure is, man. What a year 2020 was, huh? Uh, I would say epic, right? Epic. I mean, epic for everybody. Like, where do you ever get a year where, like, one year is epic for everybody in the world in some way, right? Yeah. Like, I, I'm never going to forget this year. I don't think anybody's ever going to forget this year. Yeah. I mean, it's going to, it's really a year that's really going to shift a lot of things collectively for a lot of different, you know, ways of being that we've, you know, lived in for so long. A lot of the systems and everything that have been created that we've lived in for so long are definitely shifting in some way. How it, how it turns out, I don't think, I think it's anybody's guess, but there's definitely things that need to, need to shift. That's for sure. 
Yeah, for sure. And I have no idea how it's going to... I have no idea. It's, I'm just, I feel like I'm watching some strange movie and uh, <laughs> waiting, for, waiting for the ending and hopefully, like, you know, the main characters, like, walk off into the sunset and are happy and smiling and, like, you know, it's not a, a tragedy, you know? Yeah, it's funny. I had a call with someone the other day and she was, you know, talking about the New Year's and she's like, yeah, I'm just... I'm so ready for 2020 to be over. I'm so excited that it's, it's in the rear view and like, it was just so hard and this, that. And I, you know, I stopped her and I was like, you know, that's that, you know, I know a lot, it was challenging for a lot of people in a lot of different ways, wide variety of ways. But, you know, for me personally, it was one of the best years of my life. And it's funny. I feel like people feel like there's this, this kind of guilt that they, since it was so challenging for so many people that they can't, look at their own life and see the good and positives that come out of it. I think that all comes back to perception, right? Like, and I'm, I mean, I'm very blessed in a lot of ways, but for me to look at 2020 and say it was the like really bad year and we can't wait for it to be over. Like that's just not my experience at all. I mean, I got, I got married. I found the love of my life, pregnant, have a baby boy on the way. I created two podcasts, wrote a book, uh, editing the book again. That's a whole nother thing, but had the time to do that. And it's like, I look at it as this opportunity that my life was moving so fast and I think the world was moving so fast. And especially those first couple months when we all quarantined and like how slow down everything just, you know, went on pause. Mm. And I think a lot of people, you know, they get lost in the routine and their, their habit routine and just kind of go through life like really fast. And I think a lot of people have that issue where they, they, they're working for a goal to accomplish something. And it's kind of that rat race mentality of all of a sudden they wake up when they're 60, 65 years old and they're like, wait, what did I do with my life? Like I was working for retirement. Now I don't know what to do. And I think this has been like a huge wake up call for a lot of people. And I think that's where a lot of the challenges come from because when the whole collective story all of a sudden shifts overnight, it really makes you question a lot of things. And I don't think a lot of people really look at their stories and look at themselves um, and do that kind of deep work on a, on a regular basis. And I think this kind of forced everybody into that mentality. And I think it's, I believe it's a beautiful opportunity for us to look at the collective narrative and, and shift it in a big way, how to do that. I'm not quite sure. I'm still trying to figure that out and do my part, but my experience, I'm really looking forward to the opportunity that this is going to provide us as, as a human race to really shift some of the things that aren't really working for us. Yeah, I mean, I, I, 2020 definitely, especially in the beginning when everything was just like totally locked down. And a lot of places are locked down right now too with a lot of restrictions on where you can go and what you can do. But it gave you, it gave you space, right? Like, I mean, think about what it gave you. Like you got quarantined with, with Sarah and the next thing you know, it gave you the space to develop this relationship in a really, really deep, intimate way that probably wouldn't have happened if that didn't happen, you know? Oh, it definitely wouldn't have happened because she, I mean, she travels so much. I was traveling so much. I mean, we, it's such a crazy story because she was supposed to be in Austin for a couple of weeks while I was going to be traveling the whole month of March and we were actually going to miss each other. And we had connected just a few weeks prior at a retreat. And so we like, were really interested in getting to know each other more. We were voice noting back and forth. And I was like, oh, well, we're going to miss each other, but we'll just stay in touch. And like, maybe we'll connect again in a couple of months, like not knowing what that journey would be like. But then all of a sudden mid-March happened, world shut down. I headed back to Austin. She came down and we ended up quarantining together. And it was like, 
we had so much space to just be with each other and like our energy is just so expansive and helping each other work through our own stuff. It was just, it was so divine in so many ways, like just can't even put words to it. And that would definitely not have happened if, you know, the world didn't slow down and shut down in the way it did. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. And, you know, I think if, if, if people kind of looked at what 2020 gave them instead of what 2020 took away from them, you know, um, I was just talking to a patient um, uh, yesterday who, who was, I get lost in, I forget what days <laughs> everything is now, but yeah, I was talking to him yesterday and he's a, uh, um, he's a baseball agent, right? So he was talking about what's going on in the major, major league baseball and how, you know, everybody lost a certain percentage of their salary because of what happened with the, with the quarantine and not fans not being at games. And, you know, so technically his business went down by a huge, huge percentage, right. You know, because mm-hmm. the players weren't getting their normal salaries and which cut his percentage. So he could have talked all about like what it took away from him, like as far as work and business and travel, cause you know, he's traveling all over from city to city and, uh, and really basically traveling all over the world. But when I was talking to him, he was talking to me about how, you know, his, his son plays uh, college baseball and had a knee injury. And he was actually able to get his operation, right? Like it gave him that room to get the operation and heal up during this period of time so he could play maybe next year, you know, the next season. Then he was talking about his two daughters who, you know, because they lost their jobs, now uh, both deciding to go to nursing school and they're going to nursing school together. And that would have never happened if they didn't lose their jobs and then maybe find another career path. So he was sitting there telling me all like these beautiful stories about what's going on with his family and how 2020 actually created this opportunity for them to grow and, and heal in, in, in different ways, you know? And yeah. I think, you know, if people started looking at 2020 in, in that way, okay, it might have taken something away from me, but what, what has it given me? Um, you know, they might see it in a, in a totally different light. I mean, that's everything with life, right? It's like a lot of times we don't have control over the circumstances, like the outer circumstances that happen to us in life, but we do have choice and agency over how we respond to those things and how we interact with them and how we perceive them. And so this is just a really acute example of, you know, really looking at life as something that's happening for you or something that's happening to you. And the cool thing about, I mean, I wouldn't say cool, but the thing about, you know, COVID is it's a shared experience. Like everybody in the entire world is going through the same thing, which is really a reminder of how interconnected we all are. And it's just been an opportunity to look at your life and, and really, you know, reevaluate it and what you want to create in your world. And, you know, it's because it all comes down to perception, right? Because it's everything that happens to us. We have a perception, a choice in how we perceive our reality. And I think that takes a lot of kind of deeper inner work, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. And it doesn't mean you don't mourn things that were taken away from you. It's not like you, I mean, you can't lie to yourself, right? Like if you lost your job, it's like, like you don't just wake up the next day. I mean, some people do, but you know, you have to sit with that. And what does that mean? And really kind of look, look inside. And you might have to mourn the loss of your job, 
okay, and, and let that go in order to kind of rebuild and, and do something else. Um, and a lot of people might have to do that. And where can you recreate yourself? But there has to be a certain letting go before you, you know, before you can do that. I don't know. Listen, it wasn't easy. Even, you know, it was, you know, even people that look at it with a positive spin, it doesn't necessarily mean that it was easy, but I don't know. Like I, I, I don't know. I, I don't want everything to be easy in my life. Like I want these challenges that I have to face in order to, to overcome them and grow. Uh, you know, and if I'm not putting myself in those situations where I'm creating those challenges on my own, life's going to give them to me. Right. And this is just another challenge. You know, I, I you know, I didn't work for three months uh, in the beginning of this thing and I shut, I shut down and I, I lost my, you know, my social life. My, we were just talking about Argentine tango and I'm a, an Argentine tango dancer. So I was literally out dancing three nights a week at least, you know, so that was, you know, you know, taken away from me. So there's things that I've lost, you know, during this whole process that, that, you know, would be nice to be doing, but, you know, instead of mourning those, those things and looking at them as, as total negatives, like say, okay, this is what I'm going through. Okay. Now what, what am I going to do with my time now? Like, you know, maybe I'm going to set up a, a, a better schedule where I'm going to sleep at a certain time waking up and maybe I'm doing art and painting instead of going out dancing, you know, I don't know. It's just looking at things with a, with a different spin and really kind of looking at into yourself and into what you lost, you know, letting it go and seeing the, the space that has been created for you and what you could do with that space. And it's an infinite number of things to recreate yourself. And I mean, it, this whole experience is about creation, right? Like this is what we're here to do. So, you know, are you, are you going to, you know, sit there and, and, and be miserable over it? Or are you going to create like, you know, what, what are you going to create with your life? What are you going to turn yourself into? Um, what's going to be your, your next step? What's going to be your next move? Um, and there's just an infinite amount of possibilities and you have to grab onto one of them and, and go with it. And that's what this, this has given us. It's the space to create, recreate. And I think in the end, it's, it's, you know, we're going to see some sort of blossoming of, of something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It comes down to like, we were talking about earlier before the call, it's like people, you know, giving their power away to something outside themselves and not realizing that we are all the creators of our own reality and we have the ability to create the story that we want to live. But it starts by questioning the stories and narratives that we're living out and looking deep within ourselves to understand where those stories originated or came from. And it's not, it's not easy work. It's deep work, but I mean, we are the creators in creation land, creating the experience that we want to live. But you know, some people just, I don't know. They don't, they don't believe that. They don't understand that. Like we're, we're, why do people have, like, why do people become so um, captured by their circumstance? Yeah. And this is something I've thought about for a long time. It's like, what's that point of change? Like that somebody's going to say, okay, I'm going to be something, somebody different. Right. 
know, I'm not yeah. going to do this anymore. I'm going to, I'm going to do something else. You know, a lot of times it comes from suffering too, right? And then we're talking about before the spiritual journey. Um, you know, at some point you might reach a point in suffering that like, you're like, I can't take this anymore. And that's the impetus to change or to, to like literally become something else or to start a different journey. I think a really exciting point comes from, comes when you realize that, and I don't mean this in like some new age, like weird way, but like literally you could be the person that you want to be. Like you can create the person that, you, you know, like, all right, I don't want to, that uh, could be anything else. I want to wake up early in the morning at four o'clock in the morning and, and meditate for two hours. Like what's keeping you from doing that? I don't know, maybe lack of will, maybe you need some more willpower, maybe you need to develop more discipline, maybe you need to believe that you can do it, uh, maybe you need a strong enough desire to actually to actually do it, but there's, there's got to be something that wells up from, from inside of you that says, all right, I can do this, and then you can, you can do it. I mean, you became a professional football player where if somebody told you right from the beginning, like when you're like 12 years old, like, Joe, this is like a one in like five million chance, you can't do it. You know, but you went and you worked your ass off and, and, and you did it. Now, what if you failed? All right, then you failed. Then you, but you, all that that you, that you experienced in trying to, to accomplish this goal, it's still in you, right? You know, and then you can apply that to, to, to doing something else or maybe, maybe creating something else. And, and you can, like literally, and, and you know, I remember... I wish I, I knew this a little bit earlier in, in my life, but I think, so what's keeping people is they get, they get stuck, right? Maybe it's your, too much in your ego, right? So your ego is, develops over time, you know, through conditioning uh, from outside and from within, like you withhold yourself from doing things or people uh, kind of shape you with your conditioning throughout your life. And then you almost get crystallized into this certain form or this certain persona. Like this is who I am. Right. Mm-hmm. And you don't, and you don't know that you can actually break out of that. And, and, you know, if we we're talking about, I know I'm kind of going all over the place with this, but you know, you talk about raising your children and not, you know, maybe putting them in a, a certain box right in school to get learn to learn a certain thing but if you teach them right from the beginning that you could literally be whatever you want you know you could do whatever you want and there's no limitations on that all you need is will all you need is discipline all you need is hard work and you can literally be and create whatever the hell you want and yeah, it's funny. i was i was re- just reading a book actually they're talking about that it's like whenever you look at children they can so easily play make believe and create an experience for themselves right there, just boom in, in their imagination. And it's because they desire to have that experience. So they make believe it and create it right there. And it's funny, like at some point as we grow up, we kind of lose that ability to create and imaginate. But as adults, we are doing the same thing. Like we're creating and imagining the world that we want to live in, but we get stuck into this program or this conditioning of what we are told the world's supposed to be like, or what our life's supposed to be like, or what success looks like, or what happiness looks like. And it's filling it with all these things or comparing ourselves to others 
rather than understanding that at a deep level, we're still those kids that are just creating the world that we want to live in constantly. And when I wanted to be a football player, I went and created that experience and it was not easy. And when we want to create something, it's not like you just flick your, you know, snap your fingers and it happens. You have to like put the energy towards it and work towards manifesting it and creating it in your life. But you have the ability to create anything. anything. And it's like, even the boundaries, like we have no idea what the human being is even capable of. Like, I don't even think we've scratched the surface on what we can actually create. And it's really about turning inward and questioning the stories of why we think we can't, which is like so much programming and resistances. And I think it's beautiful when I read that book, I was like, oh, wow, we are just, we're all just the same as when we were kids. Like we're just creating the life that we want to live. And, you know, you said about, you know, playing football. And I think, you know, with the community that I'm building for former male professional athletes to help them in the transition process and use that that willpower, that discipline, that energy that got them, that warrior spirit that got them so far in professional athletics. It's kind of sad to see that go to waste. Like we can really pool that and work on work that and bring it together to to create real change and impact in the world. But it's we all go through major transitions in our lives. Like at some point in your life, you're gonna go through a major breakup, someone in your family is gonna die, you're gonna lose a job, you're gonna have to change cities, like whatever it is, something's gonna happen where your reality is going to shift. I mean, COVID, that's like a shared experience where all of a sudden our, our collective reality just changed in an instant. And those are vulnerable places to be because our ego, our identity, our personality construct is so attached to that as a piece of who we are. And for me as an athlete, my identity was so wrapped up in football, even though I was like very aware, like football is not something, not who I am. It's something I do. And I always wanted to make sure that that was at the forefront. So I didn't get too attached, but I didn't give it enough credit because when I was done playing, I was like, oh shit. Like I didn't have a choice. There was nothing I could do to not make that a part of my identity because I needed it to be in order to reach the level I had to so singularly focus on that. And when it was all over, it's like, oh shit. And I think this is why it's such a unique challenge for professional athletes when they leave their sport because it's such a, just such a fall and it's such an identity crisis kind of thing where you're like, okay, this piece of this big piece of who I thought I was for so long is no longer the story I'm living. And you have to work on recreating that story. And it takes time and it takes some tools and practices to really uncover who you want to become. But all of those, although they might be challenging, like one of the hardest things was when I left football, I left my relationship when I was engaged. And you know, a lot of people look at me like, oh yeah, easy for you to go live in a van. Like, I wish I could do that or I had the money to do that. Like leaving that whole old way of being behind was one of the hardest things I ever had to do. And it was, there was a lot of grief in there. There was a lot of like emotion that I had to process and let go of. But while I was going through it, I understood on a deep level and trusted the, the process that, okay, this is an opportunity for me to recreate myself and create the life that I want to live and start putting the pieces together to become something greater than I thought I could be. And I think that's, that's what people kind of get lost in is like, there's nothing it doesn't have to be a negative experience. Doesn't mean it's not going to be hard. Like it's not going to be easy at all, but it's an opportunity to, to really grow into what you're meant to be. And I think a lot of times, like if we're not, or if we're not like going towards the things that our soul wants us to create in our experience, like it'll kind of force us into that a lot of times. And I think that's why like on a collective, I'm just spitballing here with the collective, uh, 
you know, global shutdown, maybe the, the collective consciousness is like ready for a change. And it's like, okay, like I'm going to throw this at you because it's time for us to rethink the way we're doing things. And a lot of times in our personal lives, that's what happens. Like we lose a job and we can look at it like, oh, I can't believe this happened. But in reality, maybe we weren't even happy at that job. And the universe is doing us a favor by being like, hey, you've been attached to this thing for so long. Like I'm trying to tell you it's not meant for you. And so I'm just going to take it away from you. So you were forced to go do this thing, go figure out what you want to be on a different level. And so it's like, it's really beautiful to look at it from that kind of perspective and through that, that lens. Yeah. And I think, I mean, one thing about being a professional athlete, the identity part, I can't imagine how difficult that must be, right? There's a lot of professional athletes. I mean, that's been their identity since they were a little kid, right? Um, Mm. Not only that, but most of them are pretty damn good since they were a little kid too. And to go through that, you know, you know, being the best on your high school team, being one of the best on the college team, and then, you know, running out in front of 50,000 people in a stadium, you know. Yeah, I really miss being one of the best in the world at something. Uh, it's crazy, right? Uh, damn. I, like, yeah. Like, and I didn't really understand that until I was done playing. And I look back and like, holy shit. Cause like when you're in it, it's such a grind. Like you're just, it's such a hyper competitive environment. Someone's always trying to take your job. It's like, I have to show up and prove myself every day, every day. And you don't really have time to sit back and be like, Whoa, I'm one of the best in the world at something. Even though there was a few moments like that, like a funny story. I remember my like seventh year in Tampa Bay during a practice, Jameis Winston threw a, threw a long ball, like 50 yards down the field, perfect dime pass to, to Mike Evans, who like one-handed catched over this DB. And I was like, I just stopped in my tracks. I was like, holy shit. Did anybody else just see that? <laughs> I was like, that's like a sports center top 10. And I was like looking around and it was like so normal for everybody. And I like, in that moment, it was like really profound. I sat back, I was like, holy shit, that's right. Like, of course that was a crazy play. And it happens all the time because these are the best athletes in the world. And then I was like, oh shit. I like looked at myself and like, oh my God, I'm I'm one of these athletes. Like, yeah. I'm on this field playing with these guys. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. Cause I was like, in that moment, I was like, oh man, like I, I don't ever give myself enough credit. Right. It's, it's crazy. Serious. But what, what you do have as a former athlete is all the tools that it took to get you to that point, the will, mm-hmm. the discipline and the grit for sure. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's, that's definitely a blessing. And I think what you're doing with, with, with the heart collective and bringing you know, former athletes together and saying, listen, you have all these, you, you got what it takes, you know, mm. you got what it takes and you just have to let go of this one identity and figure out what kind of, what's the new identity you're going to create now? Like mm. write a new script. I think it's, it's beautiful. One, yeah. one thing that I want. I mean, that's like, that's like, uh, sorry to cut you off, but that's, that's the beautiful thing. Like I, I feel like, you know, over the last two or three years since I've been done playing and I've really focused on my own self-development, reaching my highest potential, this spiritual path that I've been on, which understanding that, you know, this whole experience is spiritual where we are not humans who have spiritual experiences, but we are spirits who have human experiences, but all of the foundational lessons and growth and adversity and challenges and discipline and mental toughness and grit I learned from football applied into this, this spiritual self-development growth path and turning all the energy inward on myself has accelerated and expanded my growth and my, my sense of self in such a profound way because of all the tools I've developed from, from playing football. And the thing I'm really excited about the Heart Collective is bringing all these really special, high-achieving, high-performing men who know what it takes to push themselves 
and then refocusing that energy, knowing that, oh, my life's not over because the, the game's over. And like, now there's really nothing that's going to kind of like kind of compete with that, but really bringing us together, knowing that we have the foundation to really, really take our lives and ourselves to the next level and find real purpose and real meaning in the world and go out and spread, you know, that positive impact in big, big, impactful ways because we are leaders. We are, you know, the heroes of our time where people really in our society and culture look up to us in a big way. And so if we really want to make an impact in the world, it starts from within. And if we can get all of these really powerful men together to do that kind of deep work, I really think it's going to inspire a lot of other people to do the same. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, it's, it's the, uh, the hero's journey, right? What's the next adventure? You know, yeah. like the hero, the hero comes back, you know, shares, shares his message with the people or with, with, you know, whoever he needs to share his message with. And then, you know, in, uh, in my eyes, you know, the hero doesn't just sit on the couch and get fat. Like the hero goes out and finds the next, the next adventure, like what's next. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's a beautiful thing that, you, that you're doing. You know, when I started uh, dancing Argentine tango, I was, I don't know, 39, 40 years old. So a little bit older. Like I didn't get into it when I was like, you know, 17, 18. I can't fucking dance, Joe. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> you know, but I, I went to go see a, a friend of mine do a performance. And I remember like previously she'd be, she'd be showing me all these videos of Argentine tango and I'd be like, yeah, whatever. But then when I went there and I went to, into the city, into Manhattan and, and saw her do this performance, I walked into this club and there's this music from like the 1920s and the 1930s and the 1940s. And, you know, this, uh, everybody dancing and the, the, the dance floor has this flow to it. And it just, I just said, I, I need to do this. So I went up to a partner and uh, I said to him, Alberto, I said, so where the fuck do I learn how to do this? And he points to this girl and he goes, learn from her. So then I went up to her and I grabbed her and I introduced myself. I said, my name is Mike and you're going to teach me how to do this shit. And she looked at, <laughs> she looked at me like I was insane. Uh, and then I literally like the next Tuesday, I set up a, 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 a private lesson. And then I, like I hadn't stopped since. But the point of the story is, I literally went from being 40 years old, knowing nothing about this thing, not knowing how to really dance, uh, to learning something new that's extremely difficult. I mean, like, I mean, the skill level to, that, to get good at Argentine tango takes years. It doesn't take like, you know, six months and like you're on the floor boogie and like, it's like literally two, three years before like girls want to actually dance with you, you know? And to go through this grueling, uncomfortable, difficult stage and go back, right? And keep on doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it as uncomfortable as it is. I can't tell you how much growth I experienced. And again, at, at, you know, at 40 years old. And the interesting thing about that is, you know, when you go out uh, to some of these clubs to dance, you know, especially in places like New York, you have some of the best tango dancers in the world. So you have people from, you know, the Russia or from uh, Buenos Aires or I mean, literally any, anywhere in the world. So it's like, 
being on the dance floor with like, or being on the, the football field with like Tom Brady, you know, yeah. and uh, still trying to learn how to like, you know, tackle somebody. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and being yeah. like in Pee Wee leagues, right? And I can't tell you the growth I experienced in that short period of time, having to, to create myself as that thing in these uncomfortable situations, like night after night after night. And now, I, I mean, I dance with professionals and some of the best dancers, like literally in, in the world, you know, on a consistent basis before the whole COVID thing. But what I'm saying is just, I, at some point I decided to recreate myself as this thing. And it wasn't easy. It was incredibly uncomfortable. And uh, the growth I experienced was some of the, even more than a lot of my spiritual uh, training and stuff, it was some of the most incredible growth that I've ever experienced. You know? What kept you going when it was so challenging? Like, I mean, cause it's, that's something you had to keep showing up for, like you said, for years to even get to a point where you're able to experience what you set out to experience when you first saw, you know, you walked in that room and everybody's dancing. You're like, what is this thing? I want this. But it, in order for you to achieve that, I mean, it took you years to get to that point. What kept you going? Um, well, there's actually a few things. So I remember one of my uh, lessons in the beginning, I, uh, I got really, really frustrated. And I was like, fuck this shit. I ain't doing this anymore. So I said to my teacher, I'm like, four years old. Like, I'm so, gr I'm really good at a lot of other things in my life. Like, why am I like, like, why am I putting all my energy into it? Why am I putting so much energy into this? And she looked at me and she said, because you're going to be doing it when you're 80 years old. And I was like, okay, <laughs> it's not a, it's not a short term thing, right? Like it's, this is like, yeah. you know, this is the long term game plan. This is something that I will have for the rest of my life. Not something that I'm just going to have for, you know, a, a short term uh, pleasure type thing. Right. Yeah. And then another thing I, I started to experience those moments of, of connection with other humans that, kind of transcended most of, of what I've experienced before in my life where you're connecting with somebody on a, on a, on such a level that you have to be so in tune with them and they have to be so in tune with you. You have to be in tune with the music. You have to be in tune with the collective, meaning the dance floor. You have to be in tune with the flow of the dance floor. And it really puts you into this, kind of super conscious state where you, you get some, I don't know, you're not you're out of your body, not in your body, uh, incredible flow when it's, when it's, when it's perfect. And it's like that unity consciousness. right? Yeah. And it's just the best thing uh, I've ever experienced. You know, uh, you become one person, like you literally become one person. Like when you're at a certain level, like in your mind, you could be thinking of doing something and that person is already doing it. It might not actually express through your body fully, but you know, it's almost becomes like this Jedi shit wow. because you're so connected. And so the long term uh, that I was going to be doing it for the rest of my life, the connecting to people on a level that I've never connected to people before, um, and also, it's just fucking fun as shit, man. 
It's really fun. Yeah. And the people in the community is very international community. So I have friends from, you know, all over the world, uh, every different background and, uh, yeah. How was going, how was going after that, uh, deepened your spiritual practice? Cause I know you've, I mean, you've done so much deep spiritual work and training and I mean, you show up with so much discipline each and every day of just trying to improve your self-awareness, which is really inspiring to me. Um, and it's, it's really incredible to witness uh, every time I talk to you, it just like blows my mind. But how has the, the tango really deepened that, that connection and that spiritual training? The tango is spiritual training, man. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. And that's what like the Tai Chi is for me too. You know, and I, I've, you know, being interested in doing so many different things, I, I got to a certain point in my life where I said, okay, where, where, where does everything overlap? Right. Uh, and where can I make, you know, connections with everything where I'm seeing, um, you know, maybe my Tai Chi improving my tango, my tango improving my Tai Chi, my painting improving my dentistry, my photography improving my painting. And, uh, and trying to see it all as one expression and not necessarily separate little aspects of, of, of what I love to do. So yeah, the tango, like it, it literally became, um, part of my spiritual training. Uh, I mean, everything is spiritual training, you know, it's, it's, mm. what's the, uh, expression? Everything is, there is, everything is sacred. There is nothing that's mundane. Like everything, everything can become your, your spiritual training. And when you look at life like that, like life is just spirit. It's just creation. It's just, uh, it's, there's nothing unordered, you know, there's nothing ordinary about life. It's just all an expression of spirit. It's all an expression of creation and it's all your training. Mm. Um, you know, there's certain things, obviously, that, you know, bring you to that heightened awareness, like tango or tai chi or snowboarding, right? Like being connected when you're snowboarding or painting or art photography. Uh, and there's other things that seem more mundane, like, you know, washing your dishes or cleaning your toilet. But, you know, if you're spending a lot of time, you know, practicing a lot of things that that have that spiritual aspect, you can make those mundane things be just as spiritual as anything else. It's all a practice, you know? And listen, I'm not perfect. I'm not saying that I'm, I'm in it all the time. And that's why I practice, right? <laughs> you know, I, I, mm. I, I fall off often, you know? And that's why, you know, my last talk we were doing, I was explaining my most recent practices that's why I'm doing those the most recent practices is so I fall off less, you know, mm. you know, and be, you know, trying to create more continuous flow in my daily life. So even doing those mundane things, like, well, like how do we do that? Is it, cause I, I've been trying to do that too, like treat everything more sacred, but you know, what I've found is, is we get so lost in our heads, right? Like, and I read this book, the habit loop, I think it's called. It really kind of woke my mind up to this because it shared a a story about uh, like a practice. It's like, okay, when you go brush your teeth tomorrow or tonight or whatever, and I want you to think, not think, but like just 
bring awareness to how much you're just thinking about your day. You're not actually there brushing your teeth. You're in your mind thinking about stuff. And that was one of the first real wake up calls. It was like five or six years ago. And I was like brushing my teeth and I was like, okay, like I brush my teeth. This is what it told me. I was like, oh, wow. Like I am just constantly in my mind thinking I'm not actually like feeling the toothbrush go over to my teeth. And same thing with like washing the dishes, like how easy a thing it is to just wash the dishes and then think about what you have going on in the day. But it's really about dropping into the act of washing the dishes. Right. And that's what you mean by everything is sacred. Everything is an opportunity to be present because there really is no, no future. There is no past. Everything exists in the eternal present moment. And even the things that we're projecting in our thoughts, we're projecting from the present moment, which is taking us out of the sacredness of what this experience really is, which is what's unfolding in front of us in this very moment. Yeah. And, you know, to, to drop in as effortless as possible, mm. you know. Um, what gets in the way of that? <laughs> the ego. The ego. <laughs> I want to wash these dishes. I want to be in the present moment. I want to like, you know what I mean? It's, you know, it's, it's, it's the thing that takes you on the, the, the spiritual journey in the beginning. Right. Cause it's not, you don't just, you know, cause it's the ego that suffers, right. It's the ego that kind of gets that impetus to fix itself. Right. There's something wrong with me. I need to change. I need to be different. I need to do this. So, yeah, I mean, when you kind of release away from that and, you know, instead of, you know, having more tension when you're doing it, you know, I like to look at, at, I like the word release, you know, I don't even like, I don't like relax because relax kind of seems limp, Mm. you know, but, you know, release. So, you know, if I'm washing the dishes, I'm not like, intently like washing the dishes. I'm just like releasing and releasing and releasing and releasing. It's just, uh, it's, I guess it's a different way of of looking at it. And maybe at some point you have to have that tension before you could release. Right. Uh, but yeah, I think it's, it's the desire to, you know, when when you, when you're doing a lot of practices, it's okay. Why are you doing, who's doing, who's the one that wants to do these practices? Right. Is it coming from a higher place or is it coming from, you know, your ego consciousness? Like, I don't want to be great at something. Yeah. And, and you have to really kind of look into that and find the fine line and really, really see where it's coming from. You know, in something like the tango where it, it was so, so painful and uncomfortable and really like destructive to my ego, you know, uh, it was coming from a higher place, mm. right? Yeah, Cause it challenges your ego in a lot of ways. And that's where the growth is, right? Is being able to release a lot of these stories of that get in the way. Yes. I mean, to be at a, a, a tango club, they call it in the, the parties are called Malangas, right? It's from uh, originally in, in Buenos Aires, but you know, you're in a space with depending on the size of it, a hundred, 150 people. And you, you know, the way traditionally, the way you ask somebody to dance is like, you kind of look, look at them from across the room and either they make eyes with you and like shake their head. Yes. And you meet on the dance floor or they like totally like look the other way and you get like the shutdown. You know what I mean? <laughs> Damn. That's savage. Yeah. That's fucking savage, man. And 
and the whole time when you when you're sitting there, you're watching the dance floor. So you're looking at the dancers and who's who's a good dancer and who's a shitty dancer, who you want to dance with, who you don't want to dance with. So you know, while you're on the dance floor, there's people checking you out, and then like you have to like, you know, look at this girl and or look at this guy or whatever and try to make eyes with them and you know it, it comes with a whole story that they think i suck and i that that i just not you know and there's uh, so much that that that's painful to your ego in this whole thing that deciding to do that activity it could not come from the ego oh my <laughs> you know? god hold on i got to uh, dude, sorry. There's the, the spider that just. Holy oh shit. Oh my God. That's huge. That, what kind of spider that, is, is that? that a, what's it got in? Is that a, is that a poisonous spider? <laughs> we need to look. The, the, uh, a black widow has that it's like black red widow, mark. But it might be a brown recluse. Brown recluse. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea. Either way, it's baby. huge. Okay. Sorry, everyone that's listening. We just had a massive spider. Biggest one I've ever seen. It's giving me the eebie-jeebies. All is one release. I want to come back to this concept of the, the ego, right? Because I've been, you know, I just read some some Ken Wilber stuff, which is he's a philosopher. It's really good work. I just read his book, No Boundaries. And, you know, this idea of the ego, right? Where does the ego come from? Where does it live? What, like, what is it even? Like, how, like, because I'm realizing now it's like, we need the ego, to have an experience because I know you've experienced this and I've experienced this where the ego kind of just dissolves into nothing and you're just one with everything and you don't really even have an experience of self like that. Like, I don't know. Is that an experience that you can even have, right? Like you're not actually living life that way. I mean, can you live life without the ego? Um, you know, I think at some point it has to be, there has to be some, concept of of self right i mean you can't you can't actually live life from a, a total unit of experience like for example when you did the bufo like it was just total oneness right mm. like you didn't even exist there there was nothing to even interact with the universe because you were the universe yeah and it gave me a deep right? appreciation for because like on a spiritual path a lot of people say like you need to transcend the ego you need to kill the ego like the ego death and then having that experience of full ego death where I was one with everything in that, in that five amino DMT experience is like when I came back into my body and like my ego came back online, I was so grateful for it. I was like, Oh shit, I got it all wrong. Like I'm not trying to transcend you. I need to, to create you in the way that I want it to be interacting with the experience of separation. But I definitely, it's not about transcending you or losing you or getting rid of you or killing you off because without you, I would not be having this experience. And I'm so grateful to have an experience because it's, it's a beautiful gift, really. Yeah. And, you know, that's kind of how I felt after the experience that I, I, I had to, where I lost all, where I was gone, like literally gone, where I didn't exist. Michael Charlie was no longer there. And sitting in that and we, we, you know, we were both able to connect on, on the same, in the same space. Whereas I lost all meaning, right? Like it was that sense of self that gave the world around me the meaning, like it just nothing, like everything was happening, but it, it literally had no meaning. It was just happening, you know? So I needed that 
sense of self to come back in in order for me to give meaning to the creation in front of me. Yeah. So when you, so when your ego gets challenged in ways, right? Like, is that, that's part of the growth in the spiritual journey is to continue to release the patterns or thoughts or belief systems that no longer serve you that get in the way of, you know, maybe just experiencing or creating the life that you want and there's no real good or bad, right? It all just is, but you, if you're suffering, you can learn from that. And that's usually the ego creating meaning of something external and you have the opportunity to look at that and shift it and change it and create the story that you want to live. And one thing that Ken Wilber said that I really loved, and it was like this idea back to what I was saying about it, like killing the ego. It's like, all you really have to do is go look for the ego. And then you realize it's not there. And that kind of dissolves you into this present moment. But a lot of times I think it kind of drops you into your heart space rather than and gets you out of your mind. This is where, you know, the story of, yourself lives and the story of you're projecting out in the future or you're living in the past. And that's where most people live, right? They're living in their thoughts they're never actually fully present with the experience, but we need the ego, which creates the separation to have an experience, but there's these like levels of it, right. And continuing to release the stories. And that's where all the spiritual practices come in and all the, the discipline it takes because how easily it does. If you don't meditate for me, if I don't meditate for, for four or five days, you know, like it's such a subtle thing where I start getting lost in my mind so easily and so quickly. It's like, oh, like I'm not, I'm not doing my yoga practice daily anymore. I'm not meditating as much as I should. And I need to like drop back into that. And that's why it's this continued practice of discipline in order to really reach and create the life. That's why it's not easy, right? To create the life that you want, it takes a lot of work and a lot of self-work in order to question those stories. But that's the journey that can really lead you to you know, whatever you want to create and whatever you want to experience. Yeah. I mean, for, for me, when my ego came back after the experience that I had and I had to kind of put everything back together, I was very grateful for it also, you know, because it gave me a way to interact with the world again. You know, um, you know, the, I, I feel like my ego is, is, is here at this point right now to, to teach me lessons, to teach me, you know, where I'm, I'm holding myself back, right? Because that, that, that's where I'm seeing the fear. That's where I'm seeing the resistance. And those are, yeah, those are, those are from now. I mean, those are, those are past constructs, right, that I'm living, that I'm living out. Um, so I'm looking at that and I'm saying, all right, the, my ego is really kind of just helping me along the journey by teaching me where I'm stuck and where I'm holding myself back and where I'm not, I'm not creating an expansive life. Um, you know, I, I'm not there yet, but you know, I think at some level, like everything just works like together, like your ego is no longer obstructed, but it's also something there that's, that's creating the sense of self, but you know, it's like your higher self and your lower self or your ego or your, whatever you want to call it is kind of almost working together towards the same kind of achievement. You know what I mean? So instead of your ego, you know, creating this uh, areas of fear and resistance, it's all kind of working together, you know? Yeah. And that's hopefully where, where, where it takes me because I still feel... You know, I still see areas where I'm, where I have resistance. I still see 
areas where I have fear. And, uh, you know, I don't, I see those areas differently now. I see those areas as places of growth rather than places of, of, uh, you know, you know, shying away or, or whatever. Like I, I tend to go into those areas more and, and explore them. Um, but I don't, I don't, I don't think you have to kill the ego. I'm not all about killing the ego, you know, especially after you lose the, after you lose the ego, you're like, I like, I kind of like, I, me, I don't but, think people you know, understand what that really means. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I don't have any, like somebody's like maybe kind of spiritually bypassing or something, or they're on the journey. They're like, you know, I've transcended my ego. I don't have an ego. Like you know, I'm going, I'm going and, and living my purpose. I'm like kind of higher consciousness. And it's like, Oh, you're just, you're lying to yourself because you're interacting with me and you know, you definitely have an ego. So you just, you're, yeah. you're, you know, you're kind of confused on that one. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I agree. I had talked to, after the experience that I had, I, I spoke to this woman who, uh, who had a similar experience, but you know, it seemed more profound than I, than I did. And I, she lives in Maine and, uh, she, literally has no sense of her personal self anymore. You know, it's more like a vapor. So she's like living in that, in that space where it's, it's, uh, you know, like strictly from your highest self, but her sense of personal self, even though it's not ruling her anymore is still existent, Mm. you know, like she still answers to her name. Right. It has to, right. She still knows she has children, uh, but it's not ruling her anymore. And so her, her movement in life is coming strictly from her higher self and the, the vapor of her personal self is just, you know, there to interact with the world because she still needs that. Yeah. So, um, you know, I don't, yeah, I don't know anybody. I mean, I haven't met anybody yet who, who, who won't answer to their name. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, I don't know who that is. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know who you're talking about. That's just, uh, if when you were in your experience, if I would have, you know, when you, when you were totally dissolved into one during the Adi Ashanti retreat, if I would have called out, you know, Mike, would you have known or in the, in the beginning? No. Oh, wow. No. Cause I didn't even know I had a name. I had to try to remember my name. That's wild. So I, yeah, for like two hours, I would say for the first couple of hours, if you called my name, I, I was just, I was gone. I was gone. So it took a few hours for my me. My name is the universe. I, yeah. I am you, you are me. <laughs> yeah. So the first few hours, if you call my name, I wouldn't know who you're talking about. And it wasn't until the thought, you know, wait, do I have a name? Like it was like, what's my name? Or do I have my name? Was like one of my the first thoughts that came in. And, uh, yeah. Otherwise, like I said, I didn't even know how to fucking eat. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's wild. Let's talk about this concept of, of infinity because I've been playing around with it. And then since my Bufo experience, like under really understanding what infinity means. And, you know, I think I used to view like eternity and infinity. I think this is from my Christian upbringing of like you live in eternity in heaven or hell after you die, depending on what, you know, a, a simple belief that you have. But you know, in this experience, this plane of existence that we live on, we have this sense of linear time. And so when we think about infinity or eternity, we think, okay, that, that means forever in both ways. 
But I don't think infinity or eternity, what I'm realizing now, exists on a scale of time because time is an illusion anyway. What eternity really means is the eternal present moment, which is always happening. Like we can never transcend or get out of this present moment. I guess we can imagine it in our minds, but everything's happening from where we stand. And that's really what eternity means. And realizing that every path we take, especially the spiritual path, and I'd love to get your perspective on this. um, You know, we go on a journey of going and seeking truth or trying to find ourselves. I think a lot of people that go on a spiritual journey, they go continue to search, trying to reach higher levels of awareness, ascend, learn, figure out that missing thing that's not, that they can't really figure out and realizing that that path is infinite because you're never going to reach the end. You're never going to find that missing truth because the way eternity works is it's kind of in, in the paradoxical nature of the universe, it kind of folds in on itself constantly. So you, there is no end. If there is an end, then it wouldn't be eternal. It wouldn't be infinite. And so every single path you go on of seeking to find that one thing that's going to like enlighten you or get you to the, to the understanding of all is infinite. You're never going to make it. And the path is, is going to be going on forever. And it always leads you right back to where we are in this present moment. And that's like kind of the infinite loop, right? And understanding like we already are here. We already are the thing. We're having the experience. I think that's why, you know, for me, it's, because I've, I've been on this path of seeking truth too. And I, I definitely love learning and, you know, expanding my mind and, and understanding different concepts, but understanding that there's something missing from like that I need to find that's going to give me the answer, like realizing like that it's not out there. Like I'm going to continue, continue searching and seeking. Um, yeah. It's just really, really fascinating. I'd love to get your perspective on that. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree with everything that you said that it's, everything folds. That's the infinite loop, right? It's just always folding in on back in on itself. And that's what creates that kind of infinity sign. It's just always. Cause in order for us to be in an experience, we have to like, we are the universe experiencing itself and trying to understand itself. And so we have this innate desire through creation to like understand, but we're never going to fully get there because then the experience to be over. And so it's this infinite loop of trying to understand, understand, but we're never going to get, that's the paradox of everything. Like all these spiritual teachings talking metaphors, right? Like they Mm -hmm. never actually, you can't actually in words explain the ineffable experience of what God actually is. And so it brings you back into this, this point of, oh, I'm here. And all I really can do is sit in the awe and the mystery of it all. And when you do that, then it's like, oh, then it kind of creates this like less pressure about it. Like, oh, I'm just here. I'm having an experience. Like, I don't really, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I can't, I've tried to figure out. And it's like, there is, there's no figuring out. Like, it's fun to explore the concepts. That's why I started this podcast because I love talking about it. But it really like, you can't stress yourself out about it and realize that, oh, it's just, there is no understanding it really. Like, it's just a mystery. It's a gift like sit in the awe of it. And I think that's the real beauty and the paradox of it all. Right. Yeah. And if there's one thing that I've learned from, you know, going on my journey is that I haven't met anybody that has the answer. <laughs> and if they do, what do you do? They can't give it to yeah. you. You know, they can't give it to you. Like you have to, you have to get it yourself. And then when it turns out that you, you are the answer, mm. like it just, it's always brings you back to yourself. 
you know, you spend so much time going external for the answers and that's just not it. That's just not it. Like it's all, it's all on the inside and, you know, you know, the, the desire to know God is God itself. Like it's coming from, from within you already. So you're looking outside for God when it's just that desire alone is God seeking you and you just have to kind of turn it around on, on the inside. You know, there was another saying that was um, what you're looking for is where you're looking from, you know? And that's a powerful one. I want you guys to slow down and think about that. What you're looking for is where you're looking from. That's it. Uh, You don't have to go anywhere. Mm. All right. Like you don't, you don't, you don't have to go anywhere. It's a way easier and, way of what I just spent 10 minutes explaining. <laughs> just that in one <laughs> statement, like the infinite loop of paradox, it all leads us right back to where we're at. It's like, oh, what you're looking for is where you're looking from. And that's it. That's the loop right there, right back into you are here in this moment, having an experience. Yeah, but it's hard to get that, right? You know, like it's almost like you have to go yeah. go out. I mean, some people can like go out just a little bit and then come back and like get it. But some people have to go out really, really far and go through that loop and come all the way back and to realize that wow, I'm I'm it. You know, right where and, I started. Yeah, I'm right where I started when I started. It's totally different. Yeah. But I don't know. I think the journey is necessary, and and to be honest with you, the the, the journey sometimes creates some amazing experiences, you know, good and bad, right? You know, you have people that, you know, have some really difficult times on their, on their journey, but, you know, transcending those difficulties and learning from those difficulties will, you know, create growth that will inevitably bring you back to yourself. Um, but I don't know, the journey is fun, right? Yeah. Like, why not enjoy it? Right? Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, I've, I've, I've thought about this, you know, a lot is, is after experience with, with Adi Shanti, I don't need to, to go anywhere, you know, like I don't necessarily need to, to go search any, like my search was over, like, you know, like that search was, that was like the completion of my, of my search, um, the seeking, right? Like that seeking mind was gone. And I, I obviously the seeking mind is, comes from the ego. It's like the ego that's, that's, that's seeking. So, you know, when I, when that was gone, that kind of got brought back to me. Like there was no reason to seek anymore. Cause I understood the relationship between, uh, you know, my ego and my higher self. Talk about a little bit about the difference between, cause this is coming to me now is like the difference between seeking, like you, you understand like you're right where you need to be. And then, and then the discipline and the spiritual practices that you continue to implement and use on a daily practice to come back to that center. Like we'll talk about the difference between those two. Well, part of, part of the, part of the difference is with the discipline is I'm, I'm doing practices that I enjoy, <laughs> you know, like I'm not doing them to, because there's something wrong with me. Or because I'm doing them more out of creation, more out of creating something in my life, 
and less out of, out of, you know, there's something wrong, there's something wrong, or I have to end suffering or, you know, and I guess people go on their, their different spiritual journeys for, for different reasons. And, you know, for me, it was, you know, definitely an, an interest in expansion of consciousness, but, you know, there was also a lot of pain and suffering and, you know, physical pain, pain, emotional pain, uh, like everybody else dealing with childhood traumas and all that kind of stuff. So, so there's a lot of reasons why I went on this journey of, of seeking and, you know, that's gone now, you know, that's, that's gone now. And now it's more of an act of creation mm. and less an act of fixing. Yeah. I was reading a book you know? the other day and it, this is kind of, um, to the point that just came up when you were talking is, you know, like once you understand like all is God, like even the ego is God, it just forgot itself so that it can seek, right. Which creates the experience. And the question is like, if all is God, then why, why meditate? Why do these practices to, you know, try and find God. And I read in a book just recently and I forgot what book it was, but when we sit in meditation and silence and try and find, you know, that centeredness, like that is true Buddha nature. That is, that's true Godhood. So in those moments, you're, you're truly experiencing what it is to be God. And like, that's, so it's like the rest of it's kind of just the experience for fun. So like coming back to that, isn't about like seeking your truth. It's like, Oh, I just want to experience God in it for a moment. Okay. Now I can go out and like, get busy with life, <laughs> but it's, it's, a, it's really important to come back to experience that God. Cause then it's like, okay, this is, and that, that's what brings us back to center. When we go out into the ceremony of life to go experience different things, different challenges, different resistances that lead to growth, but it's always good to, okay, come back to, to center. Okay. This is, this is the true Buddha nature. This is what, what God is. And it, I think just coming back into that center is really important practice for a lot of people not to get lost in the game into the the mind, into the experience of getting away further and further away from that, which is, you know, that centeredness. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not about, it's about deepening the connection. Mm. You know, it's not looking for God. Like it's knowing that it's here. Right. Mm. So it's always, it's, it's coming back to here, coming back to here and feeling that connection. And, you know, you could feel it inside your body. And I, I, I will tend to literally feel it in my body when I'm, when I'm, when I'm sitting and I'm, when I'm connecting. So it's more about deepening the connection and bringing that connection into everything that I do. Um, and not looking for that connection outside of myself in the external world. So, I mean, that's, that's me, right? Mm. I mean, all we um, have is our own experience, right? Yeah. I, 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 you know, I can't say, or talk about anybody else's experiences, but a lot of people's experiences seem, you know, similar in, in, in those ways. Um, you know, and there's that times when you get lost in the exter- external world and you need to come back. You need to return and you need to return to that, to that, to that internal connection. Mm. I look at it more as, as just, you know, it's, uh, you know, God is, is this, infinite presence or consciousness and it's it's conscious through like through me and through everything so you know i'm returning to that infinite consciousness that's inside of me 
and trying to, you know, interact with the world in that, in that, in that same way and not, you know, losing, losing that connection while I'm doing it. Mm. Um, inevitably I lose that connection while I'm doing it, which is why I return to that center. Um, but it's not seeking, it's not a, it's not a seeking, it's not out of something's wrong. It's not out of a fixing. It's not, it's out of just, you know, reconnecting with. Yeah. It's continuing to release and let go more than it is seeking something to fill you. Yeah. It's my practice has been all about, uh, release. Like my, everything that I do, my whole practice is release. Like Tai Chi is all about release, you know, and even like, you know, in, in, uh, tango, it's, you know, it's not fun to dance with somebody that's really tense, mm. right? <laughs> you know, like you have to be re- released and the two bodies have to be like merged together, mm. you know? So, you know, you know, while I'm working, yeah, I would say the thing that's, that puts the, the most amount of stress on me is, is my, is my job. Uh, and I think part of the reason why I'm still doing it is because it's still such a lesson to me. Right. Wow. <laughs> you know, perspective. I'll, yeah. And I'll, I'll, you know, be working in these tense situations and then I'll, I'll notice it in my body and I'll release and then I'll release and then I'll release, you know, so these, these areas in my life that are still, you know, that I'm still seeing where I'm stuck and, and, you know, I'm finding the areas to, to practice and to release. So yeah, my whole practice right now is not, Seeking is just about about releasing. I love that. I love that. Um, man, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, one final thing, since it's the new year, what um, what are you looking forward to? Like, what are you what are you planning? What's your intention for for twenty twenty one? Like, if you could sum up your intention in one word, what is it that you want twenty 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 one to uh, the experience of twenty twenty one to be? expansive. Ooh, I love that. Expansive. And I want to fucking travel a lot. <laughs> yeah. The world to open back up without. Yeah, man. I want to, I want to go on some, some epic, some epic trips for sure. Well, we'll definitely go on yeah. one together. Yeah, no, without a doubt. Without a doubt. I love it. And what about you? What about you? Yeah. My one word is embody. Uh, I feel like I've learned and grown so much in 2021. Like, it's like, I want to embody these practices. Everybody knows what it, what it takes to be healthy, what it takes to be connected, what it takes to be a good person, like productive, like all these things. It's like, how do you embody it though? Yeah, no, it's, it's, that's, it's a big one. Like none of this shit matters, right? Like unless you're showing up every day embodying it, like, does it matter? Like, like it doesn't matter. Like, I don't care about the experience that, that, that you've had. I mean, it's cool to hear and it's, but in the end, it's just a story about the experience. Right. But it's how are you showing up every day? Mm. You know, like how are you waking up in the morning? How are you interacting with, you know, your wife or your partner or how are you interacting with your parents? Right. Cause you know, how are you interacting in those difficult situations that tend to cause those, those tensions in your body? Like, you know, how are you showing up? And uh, I think embody is, I mean, a beautiful word. But also bringing it down into your body, right? Mm-hmm. Because expansion, and I said expansive, but, you know, if you're not 
if you're expansive and not embodied, you know, you're fucked, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, look at our two words just going hand in hand in the they go, duality yeah. nature that we live. Yeah. It's, expanding, it's cool. embodying, expanding, embodying. embodying. Yeah, it's the uh, it's the infinite loop, the expansion, the contraction. Me and you, the expansion, creating the infinite loop and sharing the, the breath, world. The breath of the universe, right? I love it. I love you, man. I really appreciate you taking the time. I love you too. And listen, this is the uh, the, the New Year's Eve edition of of Quantum Coffee. That's right. And uh, wrapping up an epic year for everybody, and I want everybody to think of it as an epic year describe it as an epic year because you can describe it as whatever you want right and as difficult as it was for some people you know you could describe it as difficult you could describe it as challenging or you could describe it as areas where you have the opportunity to grow um and embody and expand right beautiful yeah realize what you want to create how you want the world to change be the change that you want to see in the world go out and uh make it happen 2021 is going to be a big year for all of us and that's the thing you 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 can do it like and it's not like I, i'm not into woo woo new age shit as woo woo and as insane as i am like i'm not into like all like just fucking do it man mm-hmm. if it, get the discipline get the will get the grit use that and and create what you want man face your face the situations overcome them learn from them and just do it just like uh, it's like Joe's doing with the Hawk Collector, man. It's oh, a beautiful thing. Brother. Oh man, I love you so much. We'll do it again soon. Love you too. Absolutely. Peace. All right, huge thank you to Dr. Mike Riccardi for coming on again, man. I love that guy. I literally, I love that man. I love our conversations. I hope you do too. If you enjoyed the conversation, please, it would go a long way in helping support me and this podcast. If you leave a review, rate the podcast, share it with your friends, share it on social, uh, especially this one, because this one was really good. Um, And yeah, I'd love to hear from you guys, what you think of the podcast, uh, what you think of Dr. Mike, uh, of how the flow of the podcast is going. If there's any guests that you'd like to see or hear or listen to on this podcast you'd like to hear me have a conversation with them reach out to me on instagram at joe.holly to let me know and yeah i think that's it i love you guys and i really appreciate all the support seriously means a lot uh really stoked about the momentum that this podcast is picking up and for those of you that have been listening since the beginning and supporting me on my journey wow what a ride Appreciate you so much. And uh, yeah, until next time. Peace.